When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Hello and welcome back to Pod Save the Queen, the Daily Mirror's royal podcast. I'm your host, Anne Gripper, and we have a familiar voice back with us. He's not been with us for a little while, but welcome back, Ian Vogler. Oh, thank you. It's good to be back. So Daily Mirror's main royal man and uh, congratulations, nominated in the News Media Association's Royal Rotor Photography Competition, which is a new one to me 48 photos taken by the the snappers at sort of official royal events and you and your mate andy stenning another royal um another photographer at the mirror have um have got entries in the in the collection yep two of us have made it through to the final part of the competition which is great news for both of us because there was quite a lot of entries hundreds apparently well, it's, I mean, it's been a good year for royal pictures. Let's face it. And um, the uh, the one that Andy has um, had nominated is it's kind of indicative, actually, of the the fact that um, these pictures aren't necessarily always the ones that you would expect. There's quite a lot of sort of quite fun captured moments, rather than sort of the really sort of formal. Um, uh, you know, there's things where Kate's making a funny expression or this this kind of thing, you know, Megan, Megan with the ears. And in fact, your one is kind of capturing the humanity of things and the and the funness, isn't it? What's, talk us through your picture. Yeah, I think firstly, starting with Andy's, it's a great example of it doesn't matter how much you try and control an event, how much planning goes into it, something random can happen, like the horse's head popped around the back of Megan's head and it just for that moment that Andy captured it looked like Megan had horses horses ears it's just one of those great moments that we love to capture uh the one I have been shortlisted for was the little boy at Croke Park in Dublin who was chatting to Prince Harry and he said to him I was a little bit away from it but I think he basically said to me is your beard real can I touch it so Harry said that he could and the little boy gave it a tug so it really humanises the, the chance when people do get to meet the royals, especially the younger ones. And the expression on Harry's face is brilliant. He's properly sort of gurning and playing up to it. And Meghan is just cracking up. She's finding the whole thing hilarious. It's a really, really lovely moment that's captured. Have you got any other favourites from the, uh, your, you know, your colleagues on the, on the rotor? Or rivals yeah, there's a, a really lovely picture taken by uh, Hannah from Reuters where it's Prince Philip's final engagement where he's got his back to the camera, but he's sort of waving goodbye by railing, raising up his bowler hat on what was quite a drizzly day. And it just really sums up the, the mood of the moment, really. That's it. He's off, you know, he's off to put his feet up. 
yeah that one's really evocative I, I, yeah i spotted that one as well and then there's the um obviously there's plenty of pictures of the the royal wedding um that glorious one of megan walking down the aisle where she's sort of just captured in a in the sun shining in and then the really stunning one from above when they're on the carriage procession holding hands and then all the veil all around her um but the one that always makes me chuckle is that picture of judy dench and camilla eating ice cream together yeah that's another great sort of offbeat moment isn't it i mean who wouldn't want to go and share an ice cream and a chat with judy dench Absolutely. So our episode today is mainly going to be focused on Megan because she's had um, a busy week, a few engagements. Um, and also we were kind of all caught by surprise a little bit about 10 days ago when the announcement came out from Kensington Palace that there was this charity cookbook that she'd been involved with, the Together Our Community Cookbook. Um, it wasn't an entire surprise because the Daily Mirror had broken the story earlier this year that she was spending time with um, the community, the community kitchen at um, Almanar, the mosque um, close to the Grenfell Tower fire. Um, so we knew that she was involved there, that she cared deeply about this project. But I guess we hadn't expected it to come to such a, a public and actually quite brilliant product. Yeah, it's amazing. But yeah, as you say, we were we were lucky enough to break that story that she'd been spending some time with the women's group. This was before before the wedding, so it's a, a way back now. And she met many women there from the, the the women's group attached to the mosque, which has grown in size, I think, since the fire. And it's such a great place. It's this huge community centre, just a few yards round the corner from the Grenfell Tower. And they were so proud of the fact that, you know, she had been going there. They wanted to tell everybody, but it was sort of all kept under wraps to allow her to, you know, the time to spend there and develop friendship with the women. And now this book's come out and it's a fantastic book, isn't it? The pictures are amazing. And I think last time I looked a couple of days ago, it was a number one bestseller on a certain online shopping place. Yeah, it certainly uh, it certainly seems to have been a shifting plenty of copies. I think they originally wanted to do fifty thousand, but I suspect that that has gone entirely out of the window because I think it's being ordered around the world, um, which is which is lovely. I mean, to remind um, people who are less familiar with the story, so this was an absolute tragedy. Um, summer twenty seventeen, uh, tower block twenty four story tower block in West London in in kensington so not really not far from where the royals live caught on fire in the middle of the night and people were were trapped they couldn't escape um 72 people died including a baby that was stillborn there were 70 people injured 223 people did manage to sort of escape unhurt but it the 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 sort of the image of the towering inferno even from those of us who are watching it just on the on the rolling news was um i mean i think it's something that we will never forget um i mean ian you've obviously been down there um on sort of visits and with reporters in the aftermath what when did you go there for the first time and what's your sort of impression of the area and how it's changed over the last 18 months i went there shortly after the fire and certainly a mood of you know obviously the initially of the shock of what's happened i think it quickly turned into anger you know people there were angry that they felt that their standard of housing was not good enough this shouldn't have happened to anybody and they felt let down by 
the fact that in that part of London, just a few hundred yards away, are multi-million pound homes and maybe within a couple of miles is in fact Kensington Palace. And people felt that they'd been shunned by the authorities and given second-class accommodation. They think it's the biggest peacetime fire, isn't it, in this country anyway. So that shows you the enormity of it. But now we're still in the middle of the inquiry that's going on to try and find out exactly what went wrong. But some good parts have come from it. These friendships that have grown through things like the women's group and other community groups that have been grown stronger since the fire. But, you know, this is something that's going to have an impact on on the community and that part of London for many years to come. And it is something that the royal family does seem to have really engaged with. They went there um, in the aftermath of it. We can remember, you know, William sort of saying, you know, we'll come back, we'll come back as people sort of begging them to to stay. And he did. He was part of a, a TV um, show, DIY SOS, I think it is, that where they go, you know, send in a load of people to build something that a, a community needs. And that was a sort of a Grenfell Tower based one. And then Megan has clearly, I mean, got so involved with the people and the community at this um, at this community kitchen. It, I mean, reading her, reading the foreword to the um, recipe book which she's written, which I guess you know, for people who were familiar with her Tig blog, it was probably a, a throwback for them to see her writing again. And for, it must have been quite nice for her to have another outlet to to do something that she clearly enjoyed, and then sort of had to shut down when she mar- married married a prince. Um, so you know talking about both the community there and food with sort of such love and affection and appreciation of of what it what it brings to someone and i guess it it kind of feeds into a lot of her um typical interests women we know that women and women's issues and celebrating the good things that women do is something that i think we we will associate with her and her life as a royal yeah, it's a really, you think about it, it's a beautifully simple project, isn't it? Her her relationship with the group down there has led to this cookbook, which they can't print quick enough. As you say, thousands of copies are being sold and a decent size of money is going to come in for the good work that they do. I know that it became, uh, you know, a second home to people after the fire. People were being fed there, looked after there, and it's going to continue the need for that centre will continue for many years to come. So from her work, as you say, she's this kind of work she's done before, but the impact it's having, and it's so quick, isn't it? From the book coming out to the money rolling in, it's just a fantastic transaction for all those concerned. Yeah, because she talks about it only being open, I think, two di- two days a week originally, and you know this is such an important thing. Maybe we can we can make sure it it happens more. Then um, looking at the forwards now and sort of seeing how her relationship with the food and the family element of it maybe we shouldn't have been surprised that when it was the launch in the sort of you know the grand marquee tent specially decorated with um, lots of women and families from from the Grenfell community that came to it that she brought her mum along as well because she talked about you know looking forward to going home to her mum's gumbo in the in the foreword of the book and then there we go there is Doria turning up on on an official royal visit what did you make of that moment? Well, it's great. I've been toying with with this idea since then because you know, are we going to have a you know? Do we need to make a title for her? Can we keep calling her Megan's mum? What can we call her? The Sussex mum? I don't know. Maybe <laughs> not, we need a title quite, for Doria now. It's not quite the same ring as the Queen Mother, has it? Like, no, 
I mean, you've got the Kardashians have got the momager, haven't they? So she's she the muchess. Yeah, maybe maybe someone clever than us can tweet us in or email us with a with a suggestion. Oh yeah, that'd be nice. If you have a good suggestion for what we I should like that. what we should call uh, what we should call Doria, send it to podsavethequeen at trinitymirror.com. Failing that, if we don't get any good ones, I'll have to speak to the sub editors who write the headlines and who are quite brilliant and who we must credit once again for coming up with the name of this podcast because Pod Save the Queen really does feel like it was a good fit when they found it. Um so you know it was a, it was quite a lovely moment when they when she stepped out and it I mean it threw me back to the day before the wedding when she and her mum arrived at the hotel and we saw the lovely pictures and they seemed to be really happy in each other's company and I guess it's that thing you know they are related they look good being photographed together and they sort of have a same air and a, and a connection you can kind of feel a bond looking at those pictures. Yeah, it does look it does look really nice. I mean, she's obviously you know she's spending a lot of time in London, possibly living in London now. So she's undergone quite a few changes in the last sort of twelve months, hasn't she? To to be becoming the muchess, and she seems to be taking it all in her own stride. I wonder what if she'll do any projects on her own. We'll have to wait and see. No, it's interesting, and I know that there's some people saying, you know, can you imagine the reaction there would have been if Carol Middleton had turned up with Kate? on a you know on an official duty whether that it would have been oh this is lovely or oh well she's she's a bit above her station isn't she i mean it, it is it is kind of interesting but the the relationship that those two clearly have and maybe even like the fact that megan is in a foreign country and this is all so new to her and she's finding her own way um it felt like well to me it felt like a really lovely moment yeah it's just, it's, it is different isn't it the two families are different in lots of ways i think you're right she's you know she sort of just slipped in there and and it works you know she they do look like they're really chuffed to be you know together probably they're spending more time together now than in uh, megan's previous life when she was always away filming and doing her television work so i guess that's nice for her mum yeah very true very true and um you know there was lovely pictures of harry and doria watching megan make her speech no notes just speaking you know whether it was practiced or whether it was just straight from the heart i mean we know that she is a woman who is used to used to doing public speaking and again sort of speaking of her passion for the project about it being a labor of love and also talking about how much she enjoys being part of London and she said I just recently moved to London and I felt so immediately embraced by the women in the kitchen their warmth and their kindness and also to be able to see in this one small room how multicultural it was on a personal level I feel so proud to live in a city that can have so much diversity it's 12 countries represented in this one group of women it's pretty outstanding so you know that you're always going to get a few points if you praise you praise your new new city of London and I mean she to be fair, she won. She won points with her old friends in Toronto in the uh, in the forward, and and also in California. But of the actual, you know, writing about the recipe book, because she speaks fondly of all her homes in relation to it. So that's you know, she's she she's a very good diplomat, I think. Yeah, she certainly um, certainly is. She's big, you know, enjoying London and coming back to that community centre. It is so diverse. Well, I've been there a few times now. There's, you can meet people there from all sorts of countries around the world. And I remember going there when William and Harry went for a visit, uh, which was after the fire, that was. And the place was just full of people 
and food, amazing food everywhere. And I was just there to do the pictures. I must have been offered three or four different meals within 10 minutes of being there. And it's just a fantastic place. I think Dory is, yeah, she's absolutely right. It's one of the great things of, of, of London. We've got people in London from countries I can't even name. You know, we've probably got people from every country in the world in London. It's just part of the attraction of, of being London, I guess. Absolutely. And did you did you partake of any of the food when you were there? Well, I, you know, I don't like to be, a, you know, I'm impolite. So I might well have tried some of, uh, it, I'm doing it a disservice, a curry. I'm sure it was a lot more sophisticated than that, but it was really, really nice, yeah. Yeah, Megan's description of the food and the, the community kitchen and, and the way she talks about it, it really makes you just want to go there. Um, she says, the kitchen buzzes with women of all ages, women who have lived and seen life, laughing, chatting, sharing a cup of tea and a story while children play on the floor or are rocked to sleep in their strollers. Now I've come to know these women and this place well, here are a few things to note about the community kitchen. It is cosy and brightly lit with scents of cardamom, curry and ginger dancing through the air. It will take you about 15 minutes to enter the room as you'll be joyfully greeted by kisses, cheek times three, by each of the incredible women there. You will find yourself in a melting pot of cultures and personalities who have roots in Uganda, Iraq, Morocco, India, Russia and at least 10 other countries. You should undoubtedly arrive on an empty stomach because upon departure, you will have been stuffed to the gills with samosas flecked with cinnamon, chapatis flavoured with carrots and onion, Russian semolina cake, Persian teas and my very favourite avocado dip that I now make at home. You will feel joyful in their company and you will leave counting the days until you go back. That was her first solo project, but she had Harry and Harry and Meghan along, uh, Harry and Meghan, Harry and Doria along with her for support and then there was another kind of you know sort of relatively standard visit with harry this week when they went and um went to loughborough university handing out some awards sports related um any any woman in britain megan's age would have played netball at some stage when they were at school i am quite sure a bit of a rite of passage whether they loved or hated it um and she got her hands on a netball but she definitely wasn't wearing regular PE kit I would say she was wearing some absolutely killer heels some um Altazara trousers I get my Aquazuras and Altazaras all muddled up but it's the trousers so it's tees for Altazura um Altazara and then oh my goodness tongue twisters and then a 1500 pound top so I don't think I'd have been allowed to wear that for PE when I was at school, but she did look she did look very lovely. Although there was a bit of a conspiracy came out, conspiracy theory came out that maybe the fact that she had straight hair meant that she was trying to distract us all from her stomach and that maybe she might be pregnant, which, you know, fine. Everybody likes to have a bit of fun with all of this stuff. And they fished out some pictures of Kate about how she would always change her hair in the first three months of her pregnancy, supposedly to... Uh, to distract attention but um there we go everyone we, we all like to have our fun and look at things and there was another bit of fun um when megan made her first solo engagement earlier this week went to the royal academy got out of the car shut the door and went off to have a lovely evening and then oh the duchess of sussex has shut her own door so you know keeping it real megan down with down with the down with the kids in her givenchy dress which was 
quite magnificent, two and a half, two and a half thousand pounds, very, very chic. And I mean, to be fair, we talk quite a lot about Megan's outfits and the cost of them. But Royal Academy, I don't think that's somewhere where you need to go high street. That's a dressed up special occasion. And when Megan was there, she was looking at art, an art exhibition featuring art from Australia, New Zealand, Fiji and Tonga Oceania exhibition and of course that is where she will be off to very soon now in a month's time she'll be there nearly finished in fact and so will you won't you Ian? Yeah we're um myself and Russell Myers we're setting sail on the uh at the 12th of October for the long journey down to Australia looking forward to uh, another royal visit to Australia Fiji and Tonga I've never been there so yeah it's all to look forward to. How do you think this trip will compare to the... Because you, you travelled with William and Kate and George um, a few years ago. How do you think this trip will compare to that one? Yeah, I think it's going to be really exciting. Obviously, we haven't got the, um, the we haven't got any cute kids on the trip. Um, but I think it's a packed itinerary. Fiji and Tonga will be amazing. Uh, there's New Zealand as well. We start with the Invictus Games, which everybody knows is probably you know one of the most important things in prince harry's life he absolutely you know lives for that event so there's that first and then there's this whirlwind tour around the region so you know really looking forward to it we're not sure of all the individual events as yet but we do obviously know that invictus games features very very highly yeah, we're hoping we might have some more details about what exactly is going on in the Royal Tour um, in next week's show with a little bit of luck. Cross your fingers for that. Um, so what are, what are your overriding memories from your last your last trip, your trip with the Cambridges? Well, I think, you know, first, I think Ayers Rock is just, it was just incredible. I never, never really thought I'd ever go to Ayers Rock because it's obviously you know, one hell of a place to get to, but going there was amazing. We went to um, where, the, where they filmed the Lords of the Rings movies. We just went to uh, Sydney Opera House. That's another amazing place that we visited. Queenstown in New Zealand, which is just the most stunning place. It's just beautiful places, and you get to meet some really interesting people. You've got to remember that, you know, although Australia is the other side of the world, uh, you know, they still have the Queen on their currency and they're still very much part of the Commonwealth and they're really, really interested in what the uh, royal family are up to. Do you have a standout picture that you can remember or a few standout pictures that you can remember taking on that trip? I think Ayers Rock was, was just the most amazing. To photograph anybody with Ayers Rock as a background is just outstanding, you know. It's just beautiful. And Sydney Opera House is just the most amazing building to visit as well. I think those two were the most amazing uh, places that we went to on that particular tour. We went to the Solomon Islands as well, some little islands there, and seeing Kate and William in these sort of traditional dugout canoes as well that some of the villagers there still use. Literally a piece of wood carved out. It's just quite amazing in this modern day to be standing there you know linked up to try and send your pictures via satellite while a guy paddles along in a, in a, in a carved out tree it's traditional meets modern at the most extreme end amazing it'll be interesting to see as well whether um they're sort of quite 
active we, we're quite used with William and Kate when they go away on trips they're quite um there's something sporty or a bit competitive quite often and mm. I and I think you know Megan getting her hands on the netball it's the first time I can remember seeing her doing something actively sporty she's been to watch Invictus training and that kind of thing but I can't remember her getting quite so actively involved in something sporty I'm sure our listeners will correct me if I'm wrong but it, you know it's we always love to see them doing things rather than sort of just talking to people William's away in um in Africa at the moment on a on a work trip looking at the rhino um project that he's so involved with um and also you know doing some official work for the foreign office type thing and you know handing over things to presidents and that kind of thing which you know is is important work but doesn't really make for a great picture no I think you're right there's one thing I think about the Cambridge you know as a, as a devoted husband he is, he's a killer competitor, Prince William, and so is the Duchess. You know, when it comes to sporting activities, they don't hold back. It's quite good fun watching them compete against each other. So let's, like you say, let's hope these two are the same. You know, well, it's a great trip anyway. And is Russell a better flyer than Victoria? Our previous royal <laughs> correspondent, who was notoriously slightly scared, terrified of flying. Yeah, I think that my um. Well, uh, always sitting next to Victoria was always a little bit dangerous because one would get one's hand crushed. There was, uh, yeah, Russell's a much better fly, so my hands are safe. They won't be getting crushed on takeoff. So, yeah, it will be absolutely fine well, on this one, I'm sure. Hopefully we'll hear um, lots from you and Russell while you are on the road with the Sussexes. Um, but now I better let you get back on the road because you've joined us in the middle of uh, in the middle of your journey. Um, so thank you, thank you for that. But I'll I'll let you get back to that when we'll catch up catch up soon. Um, thanks to everybody for listening, and until next time. Pod save the queen. 